not be deceived, there are tares sown among the wheat. There is no deception so well hidden in plain sight than the agenda of the troglodyte. They aim to erase human dominion of the earth and claim it for their own abuse. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another DadCast. I'm your host, Timon. This is the DadCast. I'm here with my dad. What's up? Howdy. All right. Start the ritual. You ready? Yep. Is this hams? <laughs> Bud Light. That didn't. Oh, there we go. Sprayed all over, though. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll fill your glass up. Fill my glass up, man. Give me some of that refreshing, cool water. It's not a hams, though. It's not a hams. We were just watching old commercials. That's funny because uh, right now we're about uh, from the start of our intro to now is as long as that commercial. That but I feel long. like that commercial was way longer. Yeah. This is a Declaw Sourmi Peach sur- Sherbet. It's good. Is it? Yeah, I'm a fan. It is. Brewed with lactose? Yep. Lactose, peach, apricot. Okay, let me see. Wow, that's good. Yeah. That's. Uh, mm. tasty treat right there. It's kind of like a cider. Yeah, I gotta get this closer. That's a nice yeah. thing about that thing. My voice carries. That's why I yeah. switched. I think I'm gonna switch my seat though in the future where I'm there, but with this mic, then that mic will be over here. Just a little housekeeping for you folks. We're learning. Okay, what are we talking about? Because <sighs> I have nothing. Timmons making me talk without any any papers before me. Yeah. You're going off script. Off script. Yeah. Kind of exciting, isn't it? <laughs> For you. Uh-huh. Where <laughs> I live normally. Off script. Yeah. Uh, just missed. We haven't done a dad cast for a minute. Yeah. Um, I'll be recording my sermon tomorrow, so you'll have another one to throw out there. Another one. Another one. Yeah. Sure. And I stopped studying the other stuff I was looking at, so. Kind of put it on pause. Put it on pause and realize there's more that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that how it goes? Oh, uh, man. Yeah. I think I got one one under my belt. Yeah. Well, I think what we need to do is drink more beer. Get you started. <laughs> I haven't drank this one yet. What's Now, what's that one? This one's a milkshake. Oh. Stout. You want to taste it? Okay. It's the complete opposite of the sour. A milk. St- okay. Both of these are pints. It sounds well, more chocolatey. Yeah. Cocoa stout. That kind. It's not really my. But it's good. Tea. That's why I was popping this out so I can double fist. I see that. Okay. Yeah, I don't have any agenda. No agenda podcast over here. I'm just going to let you do what you want to do or focus on what we want to say. Or. Hmm. You'll have to ask questions because I can't think of anything. Yeah. Um, unless I'm asked. Yeah, it's a. It's a two-way street for you. What are you? Uh, what are you reading in your Bible, Timon? I do this to my kids all the time. You guys. Yeah, this is classic. Yeah, this is a very classic dad question. 
what are you reading in your Bible? What's God telling you these days? Mm-hmm. And I could tell you, I have answers for both those things. Okay. I want to hear And then I'll flip it back on you and ask the same thing. Okay? I don't read anymore. We'll, we'll, we'll start there. <laughs> and then uh, I've got questions for you, so we can okay. go into those things. But um, what am I reading right now in my Bible? Well, I'm reading a chronological Bible. Oh, you're... So, okay. Um, working through that currently is given to me in 2020, mm-hmm. and I'm almost done with it. Um, okay. I am probably 15 days away oh. from being completed, 20 days away from being completed. Yeah. So I'm currently in Galatians. So ah. uh, I think so. I just finished up Ephesians. That was the last one, and I think I'm in Galatians or Colossians, one of those Asian Oceans, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. This is after Paul is in prison. Okay. So it's some of the last things he's writing. Now, I will say what I've really enjoyed about reading the chronological Bible is the way that they weave everything together. So you don't read just one chapter of one text. Mm -hmm. It's actually in the timeline, they'll actually smush pieces of chapters together. So you'll read Acts and then a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and then go back to Acts all in one reading. You're mm-hmm. reading the actual chronological timeline. They did a really well, well really good job of that in uh, the Old Testament with Kings. Oh, uh, you're going to get Psalms and all Psalms, through there. Yeah. The Kings and Chronicles. Yes, and yeah. some of the prophets, right? Oh, yeah. Were kind of woven <clears throat> mm-hmm. through there as well. So you get to see a lot more of the, it just flowed a lot more, mm-hmm. a lot easier. So you don't read just a chapter. You're, you're reading maybe, most of the time it is just a chapter of, you know, a chunk here, a chunk there as you go forward. But sometimes you're reading in your day four different books at one time in your day. For, you know, you're reading King Psalms, Samuel, and uh, Prophet, right? right? right. That's the, your day you're reading that. And it's only a 10-minute read, five-minute read. Uh-huh. You know, it's a two-page, two pages of whatever, but you get all of those pieces at once. So I've enjoyed that in acts because I get to see what, what's happening mm-hmm. and then what's being written at that time. So for instance, Ephesians, everyone knows Ephesians from the armor of the, of uh, okay. God, right? Is that chapter four? Probably. I think it's chapter six, but I oh, could six. You're be right. wrong. You could be right. Um, I don't, the address. I'm never good at the address. Yeah. It's in the book of Ephesians. There's only a couple chapters. You'll find it. Yeah. It might even be five. It might be right in the middle between you and me. But anyways, yeah. but this is after Paul is in prison and after he goes through this whole journey of shipwreck, being a prisoner for years, mm-hmm. he's in now Rome. There's got a guard there and then he's writing about putting on the full armor of God. He's been in chains right next to a, a soldier hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then he's seeing what's happening with that soldier and how every day that soldier is probably a friend of his. I assume there's some relation. He's seeing him put on the armor to fight for the Romans. Mm-hmm. And he's seeing that over and over and over again. And it's just like, but for us, we're like, oh, it's such a, we're used to it, but the context is interesting. So. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty That's fascinating cool. to think about that stuff. Yeah. Again, it just brings a lot more. It's there. It's in the Bible. You 
you read about it in Acts, then you read Ephesians later, a couple couple books later, but you don't ever think that, that they're happening simultaneously. Yeah. You'll always think this book is happening and then this book. Yeah. It's not a simultaneously yeah, interesting that, thing. That is that. good. So, yeah. Yeah, it is pretty fascinating. Um, yeah, crazy. What has God been speaking to me recently? Uh, yeah, power of prayer. Prayer is interesting. I've been praying for a lot of things for a long time, and it's like I'm now tangibly seeing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, for instance, I've been praying that God <clears throat> brings problems to me for me to solve. And <laughs> <laughs> we know that's happening. Yeah, and I was praying that months ago. Uh-huh. I was praying that in August. You weren't praying for problems to happen to you. You were praying that, that you could I solve could, problems for people. Yeah. Yes, I was praying that both Alice and I would, problems would be presented to us that we had the ability to solve and we can do that. And, um, that's business in yeah. just the most simplest form is seeing a problem and offering a solution and people will pay you for that solution. That's at the core. I, what I think business is, is solving people's problems. Um, so that's what I've been praying for. Hmm. It's problems I can solve mm-hmm. and, uh, it's happening. That's and cool. Like really cool, tangible, like the coding you were showing yeah, me the, yeah, the, upstairs. Top secret. Top secret coding. Yeah. Can't say any more about it. Yeah. Let's talk about it later, but okay. pretty cool. Cool yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And he, he's not hacking any uh, government sites. No. No. no it's. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not. No, he's not. Any, no, it's not about that. I totally am. <laughs> I'm not, I never hack a. <laughs> You're not. Oh, okay. You don't have your camera no, on. <laughs> whether it's on or off, they uh, know. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, so cool. it's kind of cool stuff like that. It's cool, cool, cool. So, where are you reading uh, today? I read Moses is called to go to the Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and tell him to let my people go. And uh, and you know, I've read this many times, but uh, he's he's like, no, send somebody else, and and God's like, he's like, I, you know don't worry about your stammering tongue or whatever. I've got this, you know, and he, and he's like, I can't do it, you know? And then God's anger burns against him. <laughs> like, he's like, your brother Aaron's going to help you. So God already knew that Moses was going to wimp out on this. And Aaron is on his way as they're talking. Mm-hmm. This is very interesting. So, uh, and then, so Moses tells his father-in-law, Hey, you know, I'm, going back to Egypt and he's like yeah that's great so Moses takes Zipporah his wife and he has two sons now I don't know how old they are uh, Moses is about 80 at this point so I think I think he, well he married kind of late obviously but his kids could be anywhere from 40 to they could be know, young maybe they hit he five, they didn't have any kids for quite a while and finally had two kids but they're on their way, and on their way to to Egypt, the angel of the Lord, the Lord, meets them at where they're at staying, and the Lord is about to kill Moses, which makes you go, what? what? Hmm. He sent him on a trip, then he's going to kill him, and Zipporah takes out a flint knife and circumcises her son, so only one son 
Okay. So maybe the other one had been circumcised and maybe so the Bible doesn't tell you but one of them wasn't circumcised. She circumcises her son which is not traditional. Not very good to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially, you know, if you do it that when they're 8 days old like the law says, then that's a little different. Then a little different, but so who knows how old the son was and then she either threw the foreskin at Moses' feet or she touched his feet with the... She said, surely you're a bloody bridegroom for me. <laughs> so it's just okay. it's just out in left field, you know, this... And I've read this many, yeah. many times. Um, and so uh, I I looked at it in Septuagint and it's it's got a little bit different flavor than what you read. In the NIV. NIV. And then I, <clears throat> then I thought, I'm going to read... You know, I've already looked into this before, but, you know, I, I was reading it this morning, so I thought, I'm going to read some uh, different commentators, because here's, here's a good thing. If you're going to read commentary, first deal with the subject yourself, then read a commentary and know that it's just another person. They might be a really smart person, but it's very interesting the different takes that people had. Some... Uh, some of the commentaries were like, well, Zipporah was really um, basically a jerk towards mm. Moses. <laughs> and she was mad at him, so she threw the foreskin at him. Like, you should have done this, right? Yourself. Yourself. Yeah. You know better. That's a commentator. That's Another One view. Yeah, it's one view. Another commentator was, uh, there are iterations of that, you know, of of how she acted towards Moses because they separate at that point and she goes back home. Oh wow! Okay, so so I've heard that before, that she so was out of line. Okay, well they're, well they're looking at the separation and then determining the cause from that. Maybe right, because she's gone for about a year. Huh. Okay. Okay, another commentator is like, um, Zipporah. It was a totally different thing. Like she's. She wanted to save her son's life and Moses' life, so she took action as, even though she didn't want to do it, she was like ticked that she had to do it, but she is protecting them. She's acting almost like a priest, <laughs> right? So you you have, so very intelligent people have different views, like Zipporah out of love and, and uh, doing a job that should have been done by the man, stepped in and took care of it so that Moses wasn't killed or... The son wasn't killed, so that's very interesting. That because I've heard from the more conservative view that Zipporah was out of line, so she was sent away. But you know, there's a whole there's a whole other side of it. But the Bible doesn't tell you, so I find that interesting. What do you do when you get to something that's like a? What do I do with this? I mean, you just kind of explained a little bit. You read it. In your translation, yeah. You read it in a different translation. You look at commentaries, yeah. And what if you don't have an answer? What do you do then? Um, do you feel like you've come to a resolution, or or what do you I, do now? When I was younger, I had to have a resolution. Like, well, you know, she was sent away because, you know, there's there's this customary thing with, that when a wife is really out of line, you send her back to her father as a reprimand to her, and but you know, that's what I've heard. Hmm. I mean, not that I'm snotty about that, but. The other view is just as valid as valid, because neither side was twisting words that I know of. Yeah, 
So, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm okay with not quite knowing. Hmm. So it's kind yeah, of vibe, so yeah, it's, it's all right. So then you just kind of wrestle with it and wonder. Yeah. Yep. And keep reading and keep, yeah, I don't know. So I don't have, cause I didn't spend a lot of time on that, but the, and you didn't even have to ask me this question, but the one thing I keep, this this one subject I keep coming back to for the last several years, and I can't get an answer. And that's that whole uh, situation in, uh, I think it's Second Kings chapter 13. I think we've talked about this a little bit, but the, um, the first king of Israel, Jeroboam, who broke away. Okay. You know, in the very within the very first months of his reigning over Israel, the ten tribes that broke away from the southern kingdom, yep. he makes a calf idol in Samaria and then one in the north in the territory of Dan. So he makes two calf idols let's, and he sets up a whole false religious system. Let's give him context real quick, if, if that's cool. So if someone yeah. doesn't know, there's this time where, you know, you got the... 12 tribes of Judah, that's or 12 tribes of Israel. Yep. A lot of people are familiar with that. Yep. They were all tribes. They all moved into the promised land. They're all vibing together. Mm-hmm. They want a king. Yep. And you hear about King David. King David was king of well, all of them. Yep. The king, well, Saul, Saul was first. Right? He didn't work out so good. It, David know, was the closest thing to being a, a really good know, king. People yep. will know who King David okay. is. You know, or they may know who Saul is. Saul, David, then Solomon. Yeah. Yep. So you got all these kings who kind of ruled every all of the tribes together mm-hmm. and then eventually they splinter yep and 10 tribes go with one king yep and two tribes go with another really one yep. tribe and then all the the priestly class right would you say something similar to yeah that? it seems like judah and Levi. was it well the levites stayed with him because they were priestly class but leave was it benjamin that stayed with Judah, Benjamin. Judah. Yeah, I forget. Anyway. Just a smaller, much then smaller. You, then you had two kings who were kind of warring against each other. Yep. And then sometimes we war with each other when the bigger threat came. Yeah. But this is right when the schism happens, where yep. ten go one way, two kind of stay, mm-hmm. and the two that stay kind of stick around a lot longer, and they kind of stick yes. with God for a lot longer, though they have their ups and downs. Yeah. They're tainted as well, but they're less tainted than the the, the northern tribes that went just, bad right away. Yeah. yeah. So right when the the break happens, you got the king of the ten, which is Jeroboam. Jeroboam, and he sets up this. That they had been a long time just doing their their Jewish thing. Yep. And then Jeroboam comes in, and the place of worship where they go and actually do their Jewish thing, where they actually go to the temple and worship, is in the kingdoms. the it's in Jerusalem. The, where the two king, the two tribes are yep. at. Right. So that's kind of why he said, nah, let's not do that anymore, because exactly. I don't want all of my ten people, ten tribes of people to be going down to that. Three times a year down to Jerusalem to the enemy territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yep. So yeah, walk, walk so, so he go. sets up a fake... A system that looks much like what they were used to, but is made up. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he so he sets up this golden calf, which is supposed to represent God, which is against the you know the commandments. You don't set up an image of God, and certainly you don't set up a bull. 
Didn't they have an issue with a calf already? <laughs> yeah, they did. In the history? When they, <laughs> when were they leaving. first, yeah, when they were leaving Egypt. Yep. Yeah. Same old thing. Same thing. So this time yeah, he has two calves, yeah. <laughs> one, <laughs> one in Samaria and one up north in Dan. Yep. Okay. So there's this man of God that is sent to them from Judah, from the tribe of Judah. So a prophet goes up there and he's not named. So he's one of the he's from the two tribes yep. that separate and he's going to the ten. Yep. Okay. Which is a bold move. Yeah. He's he goes up by himself and he goes up there to to basically chastise Jeroboam who is offering sacrifices to this golden calf. Okay. Right. So this man of God is it's interesting, he doesn't call him a prophet. Obviously he is, but they call him He's called a man of God from Judah, no name. And he has two commands from the Lord. Uh, Go up, do your business, come back a different way. That's the first command. When you go there, don't eat or drink. Go up there, do your business, come back. In other words, get up there, you know, prophesy against their wickedness, and then get back. That's, That's pretty simple. He goes up, he prophesies against King Jeroboam, and Jeroboam's like, grab him, and the and the altar splits apart. I mean, whoa, the altar that they were offering stuff on just splits, yeah. like cracks in half, wow. and Jeroboam, King Jeroboam's hand withers, like right in place, like he can't move it. Hmm. And he goes, oh, please, <laughs> please heal my hand, and so the prophet... Man of God prays, and Jeroboam's hand is restored. So, you know, miracle after miracle. And uh, Jeroboam goes, hey, come home with me. I'll give you food. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll treat you really well for how you've, you know. And the man of God goes, no, I can't. I, I've been commanded to come up here, go back a different way, and I can't eat or drink. And then he leaves. So he's done his job, right? He's, these great miracles have happened, huge, I mean, signs and wonders. He's on his way back. An old prophet that lives in the north northern part, which is interesting because he's still there. Why has he not left that area? Or why, you know. He comes and finds the young prophet, and he says, hey, come home with me, and uh, I'll, you know, I'll give you something to eat and stuff like that. And the young man goes, "No, I can't do that. I'm." He would he had, he was taking a rest under a tree. You know, he was just sitting there. And he goes, "I can't. You know, I have to. I have to return to Jerusalem or Judah, and uh, I can't eat or drink." And then the prophet goes, "Well, an angel told me that you are supposed to come to my house and eat." And so the young young man's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> like how can you? How can you do all that, do all that so well and then foul up, you know? So then he goes with the old prophet. They're eating, and the old prophet gets a word from the Lord, and the old prophet says, you've disobeyed the Lord. You're, never, you're not going to be buried among your ancestors. And, and the young guy goes. He finishes eating. He starts on his way back to Judah, and a lion comes and immediately kills him but he you know he's on a donkey it takes him off the donkey kills him 
and then it just sits there by the donkey. Doesn't eat the donkey. So this is obviously a, a, an instant punishment. The old prophet finds out about it. He comes back to the body. The lion just sits there. He he gets the young prophet, the dead body, puts it on the donkey, takes it back and buries it. Right? And then puts up a monument for, for this young prophet that, you know, it, this is in northern Israel because, you know, he buried him there. And uh, all around his, where he's buried, uh, and, and by the way, he, he told this, the old prophet told his sons, hey, this, you know, he mourned for him. He's like, this guy was a prophet and everything. Bury me here when I die someday. So the old prophet was buried next to the young guy, the, the young man from Judah. And um, I'm going to say three hundred years later I'm not quite sure maybe not three but several hundred years later um, oh and I forgot to tell you this the, the young man before he, the prophet when he was rebuking King Jeroboam he said uh, someday a king named Josiah will come and defile this place hmm. right named him by name so like I said about three centuries later Josiah is born and he's a great reformer, and he comes to that area that's now decimated, you know, because the Assyrians came and wiped out the northern kingdom. It's It's been decimated. And Josiah comes up to this area where all these pagan um, pagan priests and stuff were, and he's kind of cleaning it up. And he goes, what's this monument? And they go, oh, that's, that's the young man of God that came and prophesied about you, you know, like 300 years ago. <laughs> so anyways, that's the story in a nutshell, right? Hmm. Uh, but my what I keep going well what, what is what's this hmm, why what spiritual significance does this have how is it connected to other things maybe in the New Testament or maybe things in the Old Testament that were further back is there another man of God that comes you know why why are those words chosen man of God not prophet why why was he given this command not to eat or drink, but just go there and come back? I mean, what is there? So I'm trying to link that to, is there other places in the Bible somewhere that are related to that? Because that'll give you a deeper insight into what happened there. And, and I'm just, I'm just not, I don't understand why the young guy wouldn't, he did so well up until that point where that old prophet came. Why, why would he, trust that old prophet was the old prophet lying or was he testing him <laughs> that's one of those things you could you could argue it either way the old prophet was evil or yeah, was he testing evil, him i don't know he got a hmm? word of god too like yeah he got a word <laughs> yeah. which i mean i guess yeah. the gifts are irrevocable right. so regardless if he was evil or not doesn't mean you can't hear from god yeah i've looked for other has ever have other and i'm people that I like that are teachers and theologians, I I don't get any information from them. So it's not something people have commented. Maybe somebody somewhere has commented on it. Or I've looked at commentaries and stuff, but they, they don't really, they just kind of gloss over it and they don't dig into the things I'm asking. Hmm. And I keep asking them over and over and I've started, you know, tried to do some studies on it and started writing on it. And I'm like, I just keep running in a dead end. Now I'm not, that doesn't upset me. You know, I just know there's something there that I can't 
quite figure out. And I've been trying to figure it out for several years. So, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> it's weird. I, I don't even know what I'm asking quite. Just know that there's something about it that's really strange. Yeah. That interests me. Strange in a good way. Yeah. So. Donkey. Why a donkey? In the Why line? a donkey? Yeah. There's all these significant numbers and those all these things in it too that, you know. And the location. I think there's something about the location that I don't understand. The you know the history of the city that it happened at. So. Yeah. You know there there's something there that I don't Deeper quite than understand. You could even. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds pretty deep. Yep. I've had a couple of people asking me about that before. Oh, that same first. thing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand this, but we did it in our devotion today. Uh-huh. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's something there. Yeah. What is it? I don't know. Have you read it in the chronological Bible? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. Didn't help, did it? No. No. It didn't help me any. So. Yeah. That's funky. Is that typically, how do you typically read your Bible? Just read it through and then if something sticks out to you, you start thinking about it? or Yeah, I read it every morning. Um, I I read one chapter because I I tried reading it the Bible through in a year. I did that in my twenties, you know, a couple of times in a row, but it, it became a chore for me. Yeah. That's high. That's high octane. Yeah. If you can do it, that's fine. But for me, what I was doing was racing through. Yeah. So that's, so I think consistency is what's helped me because I'm on my 22nd time through the Bible. I think 22nd time through. Um, so yeah, something will stick out to me as I read almost almost every not every morning, but the fact that I do I've been doing that seven days a week for forty forty years, yeah, forty one years. So it starts to build. It, yeah, and then you know there may be other things that I, like when I'm researching stuff for the podcast, then I'm doing a topic, and then I'm that's more like a study. That's yeah. not a that's kind of outside your morning yeah the morning thing may lead me to oh you need to look into that you know so do you have like a running notepad of things you need to look into running a list uh yeah so more mental yeah I do like I'll scribble something on a note and then uh what I'll do is begin to uh there's some things that are no, little notes that like I've just had an idea and then sometimes I end up throwing away after a while because I don't chase after it. But then other ones I'll start typing on it because if I can type it, I can start th- you know, thinking about it, looking up v- verses and chapters and stuff hmm. and then try to make it coherent so that I can Yeah, because it may make talk sense to, to you, but it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that with my sermons that I did on... Genesis 3, 6, and 11, I just, I just think they were so, they were coherent in my mind, but I covered subjects that were so vast that I'm just not sure I I was quite as helpful to people as, like when we do these podcasts where I take one simpler, one thing. Yeah. Kind of flesh it out a little bit. Yeah. And take the time to give the context and understanding. Yeah. You know, like I know what you're talking about when you say the tribe split. Right. Yeah. But uh, sometimes it's helpful to understand a little bit more, just so you're l- at least on the same ground. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 
not everyone has read the Bible 22 times, <laughs> you know, yeah. or as you know, is the timeline of things a yeah. lot easier. I think also listening to podcasts of people that have the time to study things outside the Bible that influence it, like, uh, and listening to them, that's, that's helping me too, because, uh, I'm I'm not really interested in Greek mythology or Egyptian mythology or whatever, but hearing those stories from people that know it, and then tell and they talk about how it relates to the Bible, you can understand how the Bible is actually a lot of times um, uh, is related to what. How can I say it? The Bible is correcting what the the uh, cultures around it were thinking. Were, were, yeah, because they had false testimonies from uh, fallen deities. So, it, yeah, we we as Americans, we've been trained to think rationally and not spiritually, so we look down on Greek mythology. Well, Greek mythology, there it may be in a little bit of embellishment on certain things, but some of these entities, were, or maybe all of them, were real at one time, they're fallen entities yeah. posing as the good guys. It's yeah. Anyways. And so. it also like, it's so much, it's so easy to look back and be like, Oh, they're so dumb. But then also where, where we're at because of those thoughts, you yeah. know, yeah, like the th- great thinkers of the Greeks pushed thought and hammered on trying to understand what is true. Like they came out of that culture, mm-hmm. you know. It's just, and then you saw saw where they went to the extreme, and then like, see, so I don't know. It's you can poo poo it, but <laughs> yeah. Well, and like I told you, I think atheism, which is more, it, yeah. To be rational would be to almost be atheist and completely rational, but. I'm not putting down being rational, but I'm, I mean, I operate that way. But yeah, atheism is dying, I think. Yeah. I think it's because uh, more and more people are moving to spirituality. Now, I don't agree with the spirituality they're going towards, like, um, you know, Wiccans and Satanism and uh, or Breaking. New Age or things yeah. that are a hodgepodge of things that I think are not. Yeah, I think Enneagram. they're powerful. Enneagram. But they're not. What? Enneagram. <laughs> Yeah. Okay now. Okay. Yeah. Myers Briggs. <laughs> you're trying to get you're trying to get canceled, aren't you? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so. I had someone ask me this the other day. What do you think of um where do you think the church as an institution is going? From like a high level right now. On a high level? Like hmm. Western church. Where do you think that as an institution is going? Is it growing? Is it decreasing? Is it morphing? Is it changing? What do you think? I'm um, just putting things out there, but that's kind of the question that was asked me. Well, it's it's less biblical. Um, Church today, for sure. Yeah, it's more like a self help psychology. Yeah, I mean the it, some aspects of it. Yeah, I've just heard recent things like um yeah, 
there might be like 70% of the people to say that church is good, but there, there's only, you know, 45% of them actually go. And then if you ask that 45%, these are numbers I'm just throwing out. That's not the correct number, but like of those 45% that go that only like 15 of percent of them even can explain biblical truth. (laughs) It's pretty bad. Hmm. It was, there was another thing, like something like 17% of, I think it was 17% of evangelical youth pastors actually believe the Bible. Wow. <laughs> so it was really bad. It was really, it was like, what? And and the pastors above them were a little bit higher percentage. But So there's a lot of pastors that don't even believe or they wouldn't believe, you know, they believe the Bible's good for you and stuff. It's good literature, but, you know. Why base your whole job in the Exactly. You're wasting after that. time. And that's why people are bored with church, so. So then what do you, what do you, where do you see the church as a, at a high level going in the next couple of years? Uh, I think there are probably pockets of the church that are understanding the spiritual junk that's coming and they're probably going to be, I don't know. I, they're, they're not going to be your typical church. I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good question. I, I don't see things getting, I, I don't see Christianity growing. I see it decreasing or, or becoming more cultural so that it can stay Relative. so they can keep people in the door and, and pay the bills. You see Christianity saying, let's remove this so you don't have to go back to Jerusalem and just come to these calves over here. Ah. Here's a calf over here. Here's a calf over there. Just make it easy. So maybe our leader is Jeroboam, not Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Wonder. So, yeah. So I'd, in some ways I don't like what I see, but I think God always has something going on and you see little glimpses of it, and then you're like, oh, yeah, that this, is good. This is better. Yeah. Yeah, I think that too. I think it's morphing in a different way. Yeah. Look at the internet. Internet's weird. Internet's weird. I mean, it's not real, and you need a good community. But I think I've said this multiple times. A good community isn't a church community. It doesn't have to be a church community. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, a church community isn't a good community. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, you you gotta make that decision. I can't tell you what, but but I think you can't have an online community. I mean, you can as a church if it doesn't but, work. But I don't think it. Where I think it needs to be face to face. But when you have no other Christians where you're at, online works. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So I don't want to say you can't let the the gal who mm-hmm. came from Denmark that's all she has her so yeah. was, that's what I was telling the yeah person who asked that, that in other words we, yeah a couple weeks ago we met a gal from Denmark that came to a conference and that's the only church she has is online because there's not, nothing else so I uh, see I don't want to say it's wrong to have an online community I'm just saying if if you can yeah. be in person I will say it you know, she's using that for church, but so many other people are using online communities for whatever non-church related stuff. You know, 
why do I feel bad about myself? Because online community, they'll tell you this thing. Any online community will tell you one thing or another, right? Tell you what you want to hear. Tell you what you want to hear. The interesting thing for her, she asked for guidance from a spiritual be from a spiritual entity. <laughs> and that spiritual entity provided guidance for her, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when you do, you like try to find and plug into community. Uh, there are strings attached in places that we're not even seeing. So it doesn't hurt to pray. doesn't hurt to pray. Right. Hey, put problems in front of, in front of me for to solve. You know what I mean? Or, hey, show me what I need to be listening to or looking at online. Yeah. That doesn't hurt. It's not going to hurt you. Yeah. Shoot it out there and see what happens. Mm-hmm. But um, anything that's online, also, you got to watch out because there's a lot of garbage online. Yep. Which is fascinating. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where the church is going. I think it's changing. I think it's really changing. I think it's going to change a lot faster than just how our culture is shifting at such an exponential speed. Right? Mm-hmm. 2008, um, it was prior to 2008, it was illegal to be gay. <laughs> not not really, but gay yeah. marriage was yeah. illegal. You know, and now that's like um, a cultural norm. It's mm-hmm. almost... Like we're, that was only 14 years ago, not even 14 years Mm -hmm. ago, was it? Yeah. Right. 15 years ago. And it's like, that's just a, now that's like actually kind of a conservative thing. (laughs) Oh, to get married. (laughs) To get married, period. Yeah. Yeah. Gay marriage, period. It's a little bit more of like a conservative thing. Now, I think it would be yeah. cool to go back to that. Like, oh, <laughs> that'd be nice. People are marrying themselves now. Have you seen that? Yeah, or inanimate they, objects they, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, they ha- actually have. I, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that. Just this one lady was got married to herself, and then she was kissing a mirror. I'm like, yeah. okay, she's that's the <laughs> whatever. That's that online community. She's found a, found a part of a group, I think, and has learned because. I, where do you learn that? Yeah. How do you learn about that from other people who are thinking through these things, mm-hmm. whether good or bad? Same, same as how this Denmark lady found us. You know what I mean? Yep. You're starting to search after something, and you start learning about it, and you decide. I've seen that. I've seen that on Instagram, TikTok. I've seen that. So, Let me ask you this: yeah. We keep talking about, and this is not a dig against. We have a good. You have a good church. This is not a dig against our church, but. They keep talking about revival, and pretty much every church I've been to the thrill since I got saved when I was nineteen has been talking about revival. Yeah, which I'm not against, but I happen to think we need something different than revival. But what do you what do you think? Yeah, and I'm not I'm digging not, at our church, by the way. I'm yeah. not. I'm not waiting with hope, bated breath. If that makes sense. I'm not. Yeah cool if that happens but it's also like i'm waiting to win the lottery too <laughs> you know what I mean? okay right it's like yeah. I, I, do i think it's gonna happen i don't know you, at some point you gotta just go to work yeah and I, just live yeah. life it's like it, that's not that's not gonna be my white white knight that comes and saves me yeah you know it'd be really cool to, to 
to have a bunch of money and not have to worry about a thing. I wouldn't mind getting burned by a chicken nugget and McDonald's pays me a huge sum of money, <laughs> right? It, you know, it's it's possible. It's, yeah. It sounds bad, but I don't think it's going to be... I'm also, like, so cynical of anything to, like... Um, there's a lot of snake sales, snake oil salesmen and mm-hmm. just the world, period. So, like, I, yeah. don't, I don't know if I... You're posting on online. I I'm, don't know if I trust it. Yeah, unless it's a conspiracy theory, then I'm more apt to trust it. <laughs> yeah, I guess when I hear we need to get ready for revival, I'm like, I think we need reformation, which is a much deeper work. And I I don't mean that we have to have another Protestant Reformation. I mean, there's good and bad about the Protestant Reformation. See, I'm not I'm not anti-Catholic by by the way by saying that. But the Protestant Reformation did bring a lot of good things. You know, there's things that it hasn't done well. But uh, but Reformation is a deeper work that lasts. I mean, the Protestant Reformation was 500 years ago, and we're still feeling the effects of it. Uh, and, and, and it even pushed the Catholic Church to get into the Word more, because, mm. the, you know, because in many ways, the with the Protestant Reformation came a lot more... F- ability to get a hold of scripture for yourself and so yeah yeah tangibleness yeah how what but the did that reformation come about because of the printing press or was it did yeah. it happen and then the printing press hit like a couple of years later was it like i don't remember exactly the I, I it was a weaving together of probably hundreds of or thousands of things together i think yeah. god wove a bunch of things together do you think that's happening now the Reformation has happened. We don't realize it yet, but we're in the... Another it, Reformation? We're in the Reformation, but it's like, we're not, we haven't, you know, we look back now. Martin Luther yeah. nails this whatever onto the door. That was the... It's 95 Theses, 1517 or whatever. Yeah. That was the catalyst. Yeah. That was the, the change. But those people, say it was 1917... Those people in nineteen twenty, or sorry, fifteen twenty, did they know about that door being nailed? Right. I, yeah. Right. You're Do you right, think yeah. they knew that that was happening? Yes. Then? It's easier for us to look back and put a pinpoint at when it yeah. started, and whatever's going on now, it's not easy for us to see. Yeah. Yes. Because, like I said, the exponential piece of things that are happening from just stuff's going such faster mm-hmm. at such big rates that we haven't. That are just things are changing at such a fast pace in our world. That reformation may have happened in, you know, say, well, what if it happened in like the 90s and we're 30 years out from it? Yeah. But in 40 years, we'll be like, oh, wow, something shifted here, 1999. Mm-hmm. But now we're living 25 years past that, 24 years past that. And it's like, yeah, we know something shifted, but we don't know what that linchpin was. What was that kneeling to the door? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. Because I say that because of the internet. The internet's such an interesting thing. Because it's like the printing press of our times. That's true, because when I do Bible study, I have so much at my fingertips with the internet. Yeah. So much stuff that um, people before me could never... Yeah get to ever think about yeah. getting through and then getting to that information like that. 
you know. Yeah, I have Greek and Hebrew um, word studies, and I have commentaries from 15 different people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. You can really uh, yeah understand things if yeah. you need to. Yep. And we're starting to learn, I mean, I think as our church in the 1800s, they could... I, I I say this because I don't know and I wasn't there, but I don't think they could care. They didn't care what the cultural context of a modern or an early Jewish life was, you know. But us, we were like, why was this so significant to them at that time? Right. Let's start to understand that. And yeah. I think maybe that's just because information is getting out there. Like, hey, this changes when you read it. If you can understand the way that they thought back then. You're going to understand this better now because it was written for them back then. Right. As opposed to, okay, yeah, slavery is awesome because of this verse right here. Yeah. You know, it was more of like a manual. It was more of a spell book. Do this and then it equals that. Right. Right. It was more of like a, like they didn't think about what was going on during that. Maybe they did. I can't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm over here. Yeah. Drinking two beers and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I have a script I'm reading right now. Uh-huh. This is a, I've been thinking this through and typing it up. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. I just no, wonder I wonder those things, you know, if we're living in it. Because I, I feel like things are shifting in weird ways. I've felt that for a while. Like things are shifting. And I don't, I don't know if that's just how what life is. Like everyone feels that. Mm-hmm. As they get older, <laughs> you know, but it is definitely being, being come more well, apparent to me. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it's shifting. Like I said, cause we're moving away from the rational atheism into a, people are open to spiritual things again. Yeah. But they're kind of tired of the Christian mamby pamby stuff they've heard too. So they're, well, you know, so they're not interested. The Christian in that. stuff isn't. There's no power to it, or hasn't been. Mm-hmm. You read what's there, like um, right. If I saw a man of God come and say, "Yo, turn around, figure out your stuff," and then people are like kill him, and then the dude's <laughs> hand withers, mm-hmm. like right in front of me, and the altar splits, and I felt like a building splits in half, and the guy's hand withers in front of me. I would then maybe think about the Christian stuff a little bit more. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. Like it's, yeah. It, yeah. There's the power of that is so that you can't really fight with if you if that power is real and happening. Yeah, that's so hard to ignore and and be like, no, that's that's garbage. You know, right? I think there is power there. I really do think there's power there. Yeah, I'm not seeing it like a, all the time. Like it's in the Bible, right? Not saying that I don't believe it. I'm just not seeing that lived out. But I'm seeing a little bit more and more of it mm-hmm. it's starting to be sprinkled. Maybe that's just me on my own journey. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, cool. But to answer your question, I don't know if revival is. I like the Reformation thing, and I wonder if that's happening. Yeah, no, yeah. Again, I. I'm not against revival, but I would rather seek reformation because it happens slowly. And it, I mean, I've had a reformation, you know, at starting at 19. I mean, just think if I, God wouldn't have got a hold of my life, I don't know what my kids would be like yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. 
you know. So that that's a reformation. That's a 40-year-long reformation, and he's still working on me. I mean, you know, in the last three years, I've had so many more downloads about, you know. Different things. You know, theology and stuff. Like, I'm like, wow, why didn't I know this stuff, you know, years ago? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I was thinking about thoughts. Alice and I were talking about thought, like thoughts and uh, just what one of the sermons that we had when John Thomas was at our church. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about you. Everyone has thoughts. Some of your thoughts are not yours. So those thoughts that are coming into your head can be good thoughts and bad thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Different thoughts are coming into your head. Yep. It's not so you got your thoughts, you got good thoughts, you got bad thoughts. Yep. And like I'm saying, good thoughts are coming from God, bad thoughts are not coming from God. Other. Yeah, sources. I've had really weird thoughts. I'm like, oh, that is not me. That's a spiritual entity is is actually implanting things. And I and I was like, nope. I I yeah. pray the opposite way or whatever. Anyways, I didn't or mean to you cut you off. Realize but, it and say, yeah, that's not my yeah. thought. Yep. Keep moving. But um, once that thought is entered in, let's say you have a bad thought and you have that and it could be something really subtle or it could be something awful. Mm-hmm. But once that thought is entered into your head and then enacted and sown and then it, you could see it then reaped on the next generation, the generation after that and generation after that. Right. And it's just really interesting to think about that, both the good and bad, you know, and it was cool that your reformation was a, a good thought was there and you, the fruits of that have been, you're seeing it now from 19 to now you're seeing it, mm-hmm. uh, how it's an, it really impacted our generation and the thought, the evil thoughts that could have been in your head, they could have came from your dad or your dad's dad that yeah. got that thought. And it was a small thought there. It wasn't maybe as bad as it was, but it just grows and grows and grows in the family line. And it was cool because you really gardened and plucked it out. Um, probably was not easy <laughs> for a long time, you know. Yeah. It's just really fascinating to think it's all really thoughts at the end of the day hmm. that you know, you go on to those actions, but it's it planted. And then if you're not tending your garden, it starts to really just can't disrupt a whole family line. Mm-hmm. And then, so bear with that. Mm-hmm. But to understand where I got that idea, it had to come from a guy who sat in front of our church and speak a thought into everyone at that moment and say, be aware of your thoughts. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. So he then puts into our world at that moment a good thought. Uh-huh. That, and then that has then started me thinking about thought. It's just like, yeah, it's good. crazy. Cause, and that's how good stuff gets passed on from generation to generation to generation is like one person speaking truth, someone grasping that, being like, oh yeah, that's true. You know, and, and it just changes the course and it keeps on, it keeps on living. And that's where we're at, you know, after six, at least we know four, five, 6,000 years of humans, mm-hmm. if not more of who knows what, but this truth has been passed along for so long right because it's true it gets planted it keeps going and, and you've heard me say this before but for those listening there's the I don't have it memorized but I think it's Exodus 3 when Moses meets God and 
Moses, like, who, you know, what should I tell the Israelites, what your name is or what it's, it's sort of in that area, but God says, you know, he says, I am who I am. But, but beyond that, he, he talks, it might be in chapter three, but he also talks to Moses that I am the Lord who visits the iniquities of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. Right. And we always think about that, you know, like, wow, you know, like there's generational curses that we need to get rid of because God keeps, you know, visiting them and what, what, you know, there's different ideas about him. Does he come and see, are you going to do something different? Or that's kind of how I look at it. it. Does he send an old prophet? (laughs) Yeah. Right. But the other part of that verse is, you know, I visit this, the, the sins or the iniquities of to the third and fourth generation, but I show love to a thousand generations of those who love me or love and compassion. So I don't, again, I'm giving you the idea. I don't have it memorized, but, but for some reason, God is, I I believe this is a promise that we're riding that wave of a thousand generations. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to believe that until I'm gone. And I won't see the full fruition of it. I mean, I don't, you know, there's going to be grandchildren born. Yeah, you can't see. And I don't, and I don't see them all walking by the time I'm gone, but they will be. That's how I'm, and I would challenge other dads out there to, or, or even moms. To think that. This, yeah, this is a promise you can count on, even in your own lifetime, if you don't see all of it work out. Yeah. That you can be the one who says, okay, I'm the third or fourth generation of iniquity that's been passed down and I'm I'm saying no. And I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm saying no and I'm going to start the thousand generations cuz God that's a thought that God gave to Moses. <laughs> yeah. So we're in we're way, we're riding that wave and it's going to, you know, and Jesus may come back before a thousand generations, but you know. Yeah. Let's let's ride that promise. Yeah, that's a really interesting. That's, where I'm at, so. that's cool. Because you know, I mean, people see patterns of brokenness. And, you know, I hear that all the time. Oh, I'm not going to be like my dad. And then they do exactly the same thing as their dad. Or I'm not going to be like my mom. Do the exact same thing. Like, oh, my mom was so mean to my dad. Da, 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 da. And then I just see that person being so mean to their <laughs> to their husband. And yeah. Like, the same way. Like, oh, I bet that's exactly how your mom spoke to your dad. <laughs> like, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, right. But you, it's just the iniquities, though. Yeah, they can be broken, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. And it's going to take a lifetime. I mean, there, there's things take that a I reformation. Yeah, you need a reformation. I mean, I mean, I mean, I see something. I'm like, oh. I mean, okay. Well, let's change that. I mean, I'm still changing. Yeah. Now. Yeah, you got to be willing to change. I'm 60, and I still have things that. I'm beginning to see like, oh, okay, I don't need to do that anymore. I, you know, anyway. That's a good thing. Yeah. I don't think a lot of, um, I hate to say this, you're a boomer. You're yeah. right at that. Maybe not, but you're like in it, but you're not like a boomer. That's yeah. a nice thing to know. Because yeah. I see a lot of boomers, they're like, this is how it is, and it's always going to be like this. <laughs> it's like, dude, oh, you got a, a rough another 20 years ahead of you. Yeah. It is going to suck, <laughs> man. And it's cool that, um, Colin once told me that Iker, mm-hmm. uh, he told me that um, he really appreciated you because you're not like other old, older people where you're open-minded. It's such a I good thing it. to have that. Thank you. Know? you. So, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, um, 
Yeah. This is not an emotional podcast. <laughs> We're drinking beer. Oh, We're talking about theology. Tim is going to be dad pretty soon. I've seen him a lot more emotional. It's yeah. pretty. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's cool. It's real. Yeah, it's weird when it's like freaking kicking you in the face. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I'm talking about the emotions in the kid, <laughs> both hands. The here's the other thing I I've, I have a question for you. Oh, you got another so, one. Yeah. Okay. One one thing we talked about a long time ago is ancient pathways. So, like the the I think like the thoughts, true thoughts, bad thoughts, your thoughts, it's like an ancient pathway, in a way. Okay. It's an ancient truth. Like it is. That's just how, and it goes with the sowing and reaping mentality and the thousand years of promise versus three genera thousand generations of promise versus th- three generations of iniquities. I think those are all ancient truths mm-hmm. in the Bible that paths that God are pointing to I think those are more like those are something that I want to grasp a lot better than just concepts you know like Romans Road Romans Road's great okay but to me I want something that's like tangible real ancient truth yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I I I've been recently trying to figure out what are ancient truths and how can I extract those that are timeless, true, real, helpful things that I can understand and equip others with. And like, so that's good because the word ancient, uh, one of the words for ancient in Old Testament is olam, okay, which is different than forever. O- Olam kind of is, and now I'm just shooting from the hip because I haven't looked at this for several whole years. The podcast has been shooting from the yeah, hip. Yeah, so it has been. But Olam has that idea of um, something that didn't have a beginning or doesn't have an end. It's more eternal. It's an eternal path. And a- So when you say ancient path, you're Sometimes you're talking about forever. Sometimes you're talking about olam, which is eternal, which means it's connected to God. So it's it's more ancient than the earth. Hmm. And so there are principles behind. Oh, okay, for, uh, you know, do not murder. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you kill somebody, um, you're going to be punished. Probably you should be punished with execution. Right, because if you murder a guy because you, because uh, you want his wife, <laughs> right, uh, mm. you should be punished with death, right. So the law says do not murder, but that that's a law built upon a principle, uh, an ancient path that's deeper, and because you go back to the first murder where Cain killed Abel, and God said to Cain the blood of of your brother cries out to me from the earth. Hmm. So there's something about innocent bloodshed that is in the spiritual realm that is uh, super offensive to God and probably very sad. Um, so that so that's an... Get, get what I'm saying? It's deeper yeah. than just... You, you shouldn't Don't murder care. somebody because, you know, it's not right. The says so. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's deeper than that. It pollutes the land, and then that creates other problems and curses things. And yeah, 
And I, I, that's the, a. I'm just shooting again, shooting from the hip, but yeah. yeah. So, like you were talking about earlier, I said that the Torah, the the law, is a good thing because it helps you. Like we're not under the law, but there's a, there a lot of good things about the law in the Old Testament that Moses gave because it helps you know how to treat your land, give it rest every seven years, do such and such. Um, how do you treat your neighbor? How you treat crime? It helps the society to to um, to keep more clean because God wants to be among that society because one day a Messiah is going to come from that society. You know, mm. the Israel nation, Israelite nation. So the the law didn't bring salvation. The law helped their community stay cleaner so that God could walk among them so that he could bring the Messiah and the Messiah would bring salvation. Hmm. The problem is when Jesus showed up, the Jews worshiped the law and they manipulated the law to do whatever they wanted to. Right. So, yeah. So they hated their Messiah and they loved their law because they had dominion over the law to make it say what they wanted, which is witchcraft. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. I don't know where he's going with that, but yeah. So the I guess maybe I was, maybe I was making that, that well, the, to, mean, the Torah is not, well, ancient paths are deeper than the Torah. If maybe that, is that what I was yeah. kind of working on? No, I don't I'm know. sure the Torah is probably built on a lot of ancient paths. Yes, right? it is. Yeah. It's like these four things and then the 700 rules on that. Or I'm just yeah. saying whether I'm just right. guessing, but yeah. yeah. Yep. So I'm not anti-law. I'm not anti-Torah. The ancient path thought was a thought that came from you. You know, you said that, and I've been thinking about that for years now. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. It's like, that sticks. So let me think about it. Yeah. And I start to see it. And then in the interesting thing about ancient paths, like the uh, law of uh, you sow, you reap what you sow, and you see that. I mean, I'm doing gardening. I'm seeing that. Mm-hmm. And then I see that also in other religions, too. Mm-hmm. You know, karma, right? Yeah. Karma is okay. yeah. different, right? It's reaping and sowing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, let me let me throw another one. Okay. Uh, the second law of thermodynamics. Any action, I don't know if it's, maybe it's the first law of thermo. One of the thermo. Energy any, cannot be created or destroyed. That's what, is that the first law? Yeah, maybe. And then. The second one is any action has a greater or equal reaction. All things tend towards entropy. Which one is that one? I have no clue. Is that second? I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah. with the thought of you, you do something, then something else will happen. Okay. With greater or equal force. Reaping and sowing. Okay. Sowing. Uh-huh. Reaping. Is it? Okay. You know, you you start to see that pattern in other things around. I'm like, that, that's an ancient. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. That's a that's an eternal truth right there. That you know, and mm-hmm. I think that truth ultimate truth comes from the truth the creator of truth yeah you know so yeah it's just fascinating not i'm not saying the karma like i believe in karma but i just see that pattern and it hits with all these other patterns yeah whether it's physically putting a seed into the ground sowing it you know or thought that you put in somewhere and that thought that comes back or, you know, yeah. you see that truth across the board. So what other yeah. truths are out there? 
that I'm missing, I'd like to know about. And then I think if you are living by those, that's a lot better than living by the law. Yeah. And then I also think that's going to be way more helpful yeah. to my life. Like, uh, yeah, like the principle, law of principles instead of law of like this, do this because this is what I said. Well, if I understand the principle of why you're doing this, it just helps me understand why you're doing it. You know? Right. Do it because that's why I said, because I told you to. That doesn't fly for me. But that's just who I am. So if you're a baby Christian, you should just obey. Yeah. But you have to come to a point where you should be obey, obey because but, you but know be why you're obeying. Oh, yeah. Be yeah. open minded. I don't think you yeah. should just obey blindly because yeah, okay. you're going to get real hurt real fast because of all the snake charmers. Yes, that's true. There's a lot of them. Baby Christian or not, you got to figure out real quick that there's a lot of BS Yeah. across the board everywhere. We're living in a world of BS. Yeah, Boy Scouts are everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're not called Boy Scouts anymore. Okay, we won't go down that ancient path. Oh <laughs> uh, man. So I don't know. It's just yeah. things I've been thinking about. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. Shall we drink another beer? Yep. Shall I wrap this up? Let's do it. Okay. Uh yeah, you'll hear the next dad cast. What are you gonna be preaching on? Tomorrow? Yeah. Uh Kyle wanted me to start because he might not be there. So he there. it's John 19. Okay. And I was like, I don't want to do the New Testament, but I'll do it. <laughs> of course, as soon as I studied it, I'm like, oh, there's a bunch of Old Testament stuff here. <laughs> it's the crucifixion. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. It's not easy, but God just gave me some super downloads. I mean, just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I'm like, I'm excited. That's cool. To talk about it. Yeah. Yep. Well, you guys will probably hear that here soon. So. Yeah, because I'm going to yeah, record it tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. And by the time we release this, this might not be tomorrow. Like, someday might not. Like, I might release it next week sometime. Okay. Then just release the next one, the next one. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Cool. All right, folks. Peace uh, out. And I still got more that I'm working on, so. Yeah, he's got stuff. Yep. He's got things. This was right. fun, though. Yeah. It was nice. All right, man. Didn't know where we're going. I didn't. I, I was a little scared. Yeah, without your papers in front of uh, you. Yeah, I'm a little worried here. <laughs> without your yep. notes? Yep. Nah, it worked out. Yeah. All right, well, we'll catch you guys on the next DadCast. Okay, peace out. Peace.
transmitter zone among the wheat of the transmitter zone 